0: Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is
1: such a great conversation about America, our future, what's gonna save our republic. We have a great football player. Matt Whitaker is here, Matt. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a C. It's a touchdown. Whitaker.
0: Former acting U.S. Attorney General. Under
1: President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. Welcome to Liberty and Justice. I'm your host, Matt Whittaker. I'm joined this week by my good friend, Daniel Cameron, Kentucky Attorney General. How are you, Daniel?
0: General, I'm doing great. And uh, it's always good to see you and glad to spend some time with you and your your viewers.
1: Yeah, this is uh, Liberty and Justice. You're going to be episode 43. Um, And we've had some, you know, distinguished uh vips on here but none more than than you because i think we'll look back at this discussion as what launched you uh you know onto the you know great things
0: from your lips to god's ears my friend.
1: (laughs) i got big plans for you my friend so so. you are um you are in a in a great position i mean you're you're not only you elected statewide as uh the kentucky attorney general and you're doing great work in that role you. uh you're also uh, recently announced uh i guess kind of recently uh that you're running for governor of the great state of kentucky and uh we're gonna get into all of that let's let's start with kind of what you've been able to accomplish um as attorney general kind of is there any thing that you would point to as kind of your uh an example of your service to the people of, to the commonwealth and the people of your great state
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I've almost um, been in office for three years now, and it's been a great honor to serve as the attorney general and stand up for the constitutional rights of our citizens and also the uh, conservative values that we hold uh, so dear. You know, you talk about some of the things that we've been able to do. When I took the oath of office at the end of 2019, I said there aren't going to always be easy answers that can't come out of this office, but we're going to do our job without fear or favor. Uh, now, when I made that statement, I didn't realize 2020 was around the corner, uh, but consistently we did our job without fear or favor. Uh, and when our governor here in Kentucky uh, decided to uh, take the Constitution and in many ways uh, disregard it, uh, when he shut down churches, which was a, um unconstitutional uh, decision and 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 infringed upon our First Amendment rights when he told people that they couldn't leave the state uh, without coming back in quarantine for a period of 14 days, which was another unconstitutional move. I was proud of our office's decision to go into federal court uh, and challenge those executive orders uh, and get those overturned. And after nine days in the church context. Uh, The church doors were open. Folks were able to go back into Sunday services and Wednesday night services and all the other services uh, at church. And when we went into federal court and ultimately got uh, the travel restriction overturned, folks were able to travel freely as is their granted right under our constitution. And So those are some of the the moments that I'm exceedingly uh, proud of and of course, look. You know this as your time as Attorney General. One of the things that has been just gripping to so many parts of our our country has been the the drug epidemic, and uh, I'm proud of the work that our office has done to to help uh, bring dollars into Kentucky. Uh, to confront the cycles of addiction and break those cycles of addiction that we've seen plague our people for far too long. Uh, in fact, I just met with a group uh, today that is doing some preventative care within the opioid uh, uh, context and in, in helping break those cycles. And so we've got a litany of things that we've been able to do over these last three years in standing up for the citizens of Kentucky. Uh, and protecting their constitutional rights and standing up for those conservative values. And I've been honored, again, to serve in this role. And, of course, no. my wife and uh, I made the decision earlier this year to jump into the governor's race. And uh, we want to take that approach where we we stand firm on our Bill of Rights and our Constitution and uh, stand firm as um, a leader that cares about the interest of Kentucky, uh we want to take that approach to the governor's office and hopefully uh we'll have an opportunity to do that
1: yeah and that's so important I mean you're doing such great work and obviously advancing the rule of law and standing up for constitutional rights is couldn't be a higher priority I think for attorney general I mean that is you know you go to court and you say you know this is the law this is the Constitution you let the judges ultimately decide that case but you know, that's, that's, that's your, you know, primary duty is to protect those rights, make sure the state isn't infringing on those constitutional rights. And, and uh, so it's not necessarily about battling, you know, the governor, it's more uh, making sure that each uh, role is performed and that, you know, if, if something is illegal or unconstitutional, that's done by the executive branch, you advance uh, that interest on behalf of your fellow citizens. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's I was watching that I was watching you do that obviously we were all in the middle of a unprecedented pandemic and, and it was right. just it was so good that you could protect those fundamental uh rights including the right to worship and and uh so uh you know kudos to you you are certainly a warrior for the Constitution and the rule of law And that's that's the kind of thing I like to highlight on this show uh now that we're in episode 43 I believe of uh, this first year. So, what else? Um, as you're getting out and talking to your fellow citizens, you know, what are you hearing? What's the mood in Kentucky? Uh, uh, and what are you? Um, what do you think the state um, needs right now?
0: Well, you know, it is. Uh, we've had the opportunity to, to travel all over uh, the Commonwealth, and as I noted earlier, we've got 120 counties, and so it is a uh, a big Commonwealth, a big state to to get through. In fact, tomorrow I'll be down in in West Kentucky to uh, talk to some folks about some of the uh, tornadoes that we experienced uh, at the end of last year. And Mackenzie and I have traveled over to eastern Kentucky where there's been uh, some flooding. You know, outside of uh, the uh, context of those storms that have obviously hit the western part of our state and the eastern part uh, pretty hard, uh, other issues that You know, I I think we see um, emerging is this sort of constant uh, tension that we see uh, because of the hostility uh, of the Biden administration as it relates to the energy interest of our respective states Uh, here in Kentucky. It's a really big deal uh, because we are the seventh largest generator of coal in the country. And because of that, we have the 12th lowest energy costs uh, in the nation. Uh, And so whenever we hear that the Biden administration wants to destroy the fossil fuels industry, uh, that is uh, directly going to impact and devastate the economy of Kentucky. And as I travel the state, I hear a lot from folks that are worried about an administration in Washington, D.C. that wants to do that and change the economy of Kentucky, but also hear uh, from folks that are concerned about not having a governor that's willing to stand up to the administration as they try to change uh, or shift our energy priorities in this nation. And so that is something that we've been focused on. This has become most uh, acute uh, as it relates to what you know of as the ESG movement, the environmental social governance movement. Uh, It's really a partnership, if you will, between uh, the Biden administration and a lot of asset managers that aren't using their money. Uh, Matt, you know this, They're, they're using the money of okay. retirees. They're using, uh, here in Kentucky in particular, using the pensions of teachers, firefighters, and police officers uh, to fund, uh, in many ways, this climate uh, virtue signaling. They they want to shut down our economy, but use their money or use the pensioners' money to do so. And so we've, we've stood um, at the front of an effort uh, to stop that because, again, we know that it's going to hurt our public employees. We know that it's going to hurt our economy—it's going to take away that competitive advantage that we have uh, in the energy uh, sphere. So this is a, a critical issue. Another thing that you know I hear about constantly is that we saw uh, some loss in the education context. There are a lot of teachers that are working really hard here in Kentucky during the midst of COVID, uh, but they were uh, given a bad hand to play because our governor. Uh, shut down schools for a period of time and told everybody they needed uh, to be at home learning. You've seen reports out that have demonstrated that over these last couple of years, we've lost uh, some ground in our education uh, standards because of those decisions that were made at the front end of COVID. And of course, I I mentioned uh, the challenges that we have as it relates to opioids and drugs. We've got a, a poor southern border. Yet our governor here in Kentucky says nothing about that. But we know that there is a direct correlation between the drugs that are coming over the southern border and making their way into Kentucky. Look, we lost two thousand two hundred and fifty individuals to overdoses in twenty twenty one. A lot of that was because those drugs were laced with fentanyl. Fentanyl is coming from our southern border. We've got to have a secure southern border. And again, we've got to have a governor that's willing to speak out on these issues that are so impactful and important to the long-term uh, progress of the commonwealth of kentucky
1: yeah yeah a lot of good stuff and what you just said i want to go back to the esg um issue um you know as someone that i guess was uh, raised uh pre-environmental movement um and cl- global climate change in fact when i was growing up they were worried about a new ice age and, and a return of glaciers and so it's you know how quickly things have have dramatically changed but you know these these money managers using other people's money to try to force these these uh, corporate changes um, and I know that you just I think won a victory. was I reading on your um, your Twitter profile or that that you uh, one of the money managers has backed out uh, in order to maintain the business that they do with Kentucky
0: Yeah, Vanguard has made the decision to uh, uh, to uh, withdraw from one of these net zero alliances, and we see that as a, a big win. Uh, for Kentucky's uh for our needs again it helps protect the pensions of teachers and firefighters and police officers uh, it helps us maintain our energy leadership position because again Kentucky relies very heavily uh, on coal uh, and the 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 generation of coal that provides, Uh, money for families and helps us have that competitive advantage. It's the reason that we've been able to bring in some of these projects here recently is because we have that lower cost energy uh, that companies can rely on. And so, yes, this was a a very big uh, deal to have Vanguard pull out of that uh, net zero alliance. And I think it speaks volumes about the ability of my office and the work that we've done uh, to make significant impact and have significant benefit Uh, to uh, Kentuckians. Right.
1: And I I still can't quite understand how, if I'm a, you know, leader of a company, um, how me, you know, sort of doing these ESG things that reduce shareholder value is somehow consistent with my fiduciary duties uh, as a corporate executive in, in maximizing, uh, you know, uh, company value. It's um, I think that that day is still ahead of us for that to be ultimately resolved. But, um, you know, I continue to like, just it's inconsistent with I think what, at least the the fundamentals of business in the United States of America has always mm-hmm. been. And so, I mean, I, I you know, I'm very happy that you were able to, you know, put some pressure on these money managers and for them to understand like, you know, these, the people that are retired that whose you know pensions they right. are managing um obviously uh, they're you're not asking them how they feel about esg no. um and, and you know they always emphasize actually the e <laughs> the environmental piece they right. don't think about the s and the g and i think that's uh, one of the biggest um kind of tells of this whole movement is really it's just a it's an end run, uh to try to advance you know the radical climate change agenda um you know through through, uh, you know, money managers investing in companies that they that that do do the virtue signaling.
0: That's exactly right. I mean, it's to your point, it, it is a it is a partnership um, between the federal government, you know, the Biden administration and a lot of these uh, asset managers that have, um, you know, this particular uh worldview and the the stunning thing is that they again are not using their money to do it. they're not going into states and and proposing ideas in front of state legislators, which uh is as you the laboratories for democracy they're not doing that they're trying to circumvent that sort of process uh by using again, which is the completely stunning thing about this is using the money of retirees that have no idea this is going on, and that's why it's so important you know for your show and uh you know myself and and others to speak about this because the more that we talk about it uh we uh for the the public's general knowledge and information uh it's a it's a good thing because again you you see the results of or the fruits of that labor when vanguard decides uh to move out or withdraw from this net zero alliance yeah
1: and so is uh, how is the um pace of the election um going i mean i think it's you know talk a little bit about since you have off years elections your general election is going to be in in the fall of 2023. um i think you announced right before or sometime you know before this la- the 2022 midterms um how has that been received is it received with confusion like people with like me that are that are like wait is that when is that you know like is or how, how do you make sure that you distinguish as you're you know that bumping up against another election uh, as you're heading into an election year yourself.
0: Yeah, Matt, that's a great uh, point. In, in fact, um, uh, my uh, wife's uh, sister, my sister-in-law, she's a teacher. Uh, uh, one of the folks that cleans her her office or her room had written up on the board, Daniel Cameron for governor 2022. And it's just a, it, it was a, uh, just a small example of sort of the confusion that's out there. Our race, as you know, is in Uh, uh, First, the primary is in uh, May of next year, and then the general elections in November of next year. Uh, But we thought, and I say we, because Mackenzie and I thought that we wanted to get in as early as we could. Uh, That helps for a couple of different reasons. It allows us to start raising money and of course, if anybody out there wants to, you know, help us out, we've we've got a website you can go to and learn more about our family and our values and
1: Cameron for Kentucky.com, right?
0: Cameron for Kentucky.com. Right.
1: I'll um, link that in the show notes for sure. And I would highly um uh recommend to you know my viewers and listeners uh that they go to CameronforKentucky.com and support this great guy. And we'll we'll uh do that at the end as well. But no. Um, yeah, they should get on there, learn more about you. Obviously, um, you know, no. you're free to tell them anything they need to know right now, so they yeah. don't have to read the website.
0: But well, and so we, you know, we wanted to get in because uh, we think, again, based on what we've done over these last three years, that we are in a a a strong position uh, to demonstrate uh, what Kentucky needs in terms of conservative, common sense leadership. Uh, somebody that's going to stand up for the energy interests of Kentucky, someone that's going to stand up uh, for uh, parents' abilities to be involved in the educational opportunities of their children, somebody that's going to stand up uh, to the opioid epidemic and encourage and uh, ask uh, the Biden administration and request that they do everything they can to secure that southern border, because we are desperately in need of that help here uh, in Kentucky and, and you're going to have somebody that's going to stand up for conservative values and constitutional rights. Again, we think that we have a track record to demonstrate the um, uh, uh, to, to demonstrate what we would do uh, as, as governor, if we're fortunate uh, to get there. And so I, again, encourage folks to jump on board. This is going to be, as I noted uh, previously, there are going to be three major races in the country next year it's going to be a race for governor uh in mississippi i'm confident that governor tate reeves is going to win re-election there Uh, there's going to be an open seat uh in louisiana a good friend of mine jeff landry is going to be running uh there he's been
1: on this show before yeah
0: yeah, i know Uh, and so he's going to be running there. I think he's he's going to be in strong position to lead there. So a lot of interest is going to be paid to this race in Kentucky. And We've got to have the right candidate, somebody uh, who's been in the arena, who's taken the slings and arrows, who's been willing to stand up and do what's right by the people here in Kentucky. I hope to build an alliance of governors, if you will, uh, that can stand up for the interest of our state, uh, states, our respective states, but also stand up to the excesses Uh, that we see coming out of the Biden administration. I hope to work with Governor DeSantis and Governor Glenn Youngkin and uh, uh, Governor-elect Sarah Huckabee Sanders, again, uh, Governor uh, Kemp in in Georgia, again, to build this alliance that that fights every day for the values of our respective states and stands firm against uh, some of the um, intrusions that we've seen from the federal government.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure you can count on my home state governor, Kim Reynolds of Iowa to join that coalition of the willing.
0: Yeah. Kim and and, uh, governor Reynolds is great. Of course, I know she's at the helm of RGA now and uh, she's really been at the forefront of a lot of different important issues and incredible, including educational opportunity. And, you know, so yes, I'm I'm excited uh, for, again, to build this yeah. alliance, if you will.
1: Yeah. And I always brag on this show. And since I, you know, you're captive uh, on this show as my guest, you know, I look to Iowa as to what we have done to implement kind of conservative policies that the people are flourishing under right now, whether it's education, whether it's, you know, small business growth and development, whether it's, you know, just freedom, generally, and, and, uh, you know, the, the agenda that 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 goes with that, I, you know, I I recommend it to you. But I know, you know, there are so many things that when you get uh, in the governor's uh, mansion, you are going to uh, implement a, a positive agenda that helps all Kentucky families, all Kentucky workers. You know and uh, and most importantly, and I think it go it should go without saying, but I think you and I need to emphasize this in supporting you know the men and women of law enforcement.
0: absolutely, yes. I mean, I've um you know, just been blown away by uh, just over these last uh, few years, um just the work uh, that our law enforcement community does to to make sure that we're able uh, to sleep soundly uh, in our homes and they sacrifice um, every day. Uh, when they wear that badge and they don that uniform uh, to protect and serve our communities. And I'm so grateful uh, for the way that they do it. They, You know, look, we, we you need leadership uh, that is willing to spread and share that message. That you know that uh, nationally, and we've experienced this here in Kentucky, that the morale of a, a lot of folks in the law enforcement community is low right now. Some of our top law enforcement agencies uh, have lost uh Uh, numbers because uh, folks uh, uh, just don't necessarily want to engage in this type of work anymore. But I think if you have a governor uh, that is constantly willing uh, to talk about uh, the amazing work that these men and women do when they don those badges and uniforms, uh, I think that will help. I think we got to make sure that uh, we're paying them adequately and and, uh, doing other things to make sure that their recruiting stays high.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, well, I think the only thing left to talk about is for the second straight year, my beloved Iowa Hawkeyes are playing the Kentucky Wildcats, who are coached by a former teammate of mine, Mark Stoops. Yeah. And I uh, went last year uh, in Orlando, and I don't know if I'm gonna make it to Nashville this year. But uh, you know, uh, if you guys can score any points on offense, I think you might be able to uh, beat us because right now we our offense is.
0: Matt, I, I will, I will say at, at some point, um, n- Nashville uh, is going to have to make a determination about whether they're going to call uh, the Bowl the Music City Bowl or the Wildcats Bowl, and because the UK finds them- themselves there a lot, it's kind of like a second home to the University of Kentucky right now. Uh, but I, I look, I, it'll be a it'll be a good uh, yeah. matchup, and uh, UK is obviously uh, uh, with uh, Coach Stoops at the helm has had some some pretty. Uh, successful years over the last uh, during his tenure, and I'm excited for them. I'm U of L is going to be in the uh, Fenway Bowl, uh, and it's going to be playing against uh, Cincinnati, and so it, it'll uh, it'll be a a good couple of days for the Commonwealth, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that is. I, I as you know, I'm a big college football fan, and uh, you know, I'm really I'm excited about not only the playoffs, but you know, I love the bowl games as a former player. Uh, obviously, the bowl games were a huge uh, treat uh, to go to after a successful season, and uh, you know, I, we liked we most of the games I went to were in California, which was very nice, you know, in the winter. I don't know how Nashville is. I've, I don't think I've ever been there in late December, uh, but
0: it's a little it cold. It's a little weather. cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was playing, I guess we went to uh, the Orange Bowl and the Gator Bowl yeah. and Liberty Bowl. Nice. Yep. yeah florida but so memphis uh Oof. that was our first year and it was blistering cold uh for the the liberty bowl but uh we found some warmer climates to have some bowl games in too so yeah
1: well that's fantastic well again um daniel cameron current attorney general of the great state of kentucky he's running for governor of kentucky you can learn more about him at cameron for kentucky.com i'll have links in my show notes um it's been amazing having you on. It's good to see you again, my friend. Um, you, you know, brother. Anything you want to leave the listeners and viewers of Liberty and Justice with before we sign off?
0: Yeah, look, I just tell you, thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for watching, Matt. Uh, he's a, a good man with a, a, a great show, and I'm honored to, to spend some time with you guys today.
1: All right. Well, thank you, General Cameron. I look forward to calling you governor soon. <laughs>